Hey listeners, my name is Elisha, the founder of the Witnesses Podcast. It's so beautiful to have you listening to our podcast. And I want you to know something that that means a whole lot to me. Thank you for tuning in. And one thing I love to tell all of our listeners is, it's not just about you listening, but listening to understand. Understanding is the most important thing. So important. So, you have to listen, learn, and practice. Thank you so very much and happy listening. Right. So, talk to mirrors, introduce yourself, let us know some more information about you. Yeah, I'm Roseanne Forte. Okay. And um, I am an alcohol free coach and best selling author of a book called The Plans He Has for Me. Okay. It's a daily devotional for how to put alcohol to the side. <laughs> All right. So, it's nice meeting you, Rose. Okay. So, I'm going to be asking you some questions. Actually, this is a topic that I'm so much interested in. Okay. So, talk to me. The secret suffering that an alcohol habit can create, what is the secret suffering that an alcohol habit can create? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, and one that I really like to address because I don't want people to feel like they're alone. Yeah. Um, but what happens, you know, we don't enter into activities thinking that we're going to get caught up in yeah. it controlling us um, yeah. versus us controlling it. Yeah. And over time, for some people, it's over a short period of time. For others, it's over decades. Yeah. Um, you start recognizing the fact that this substance is causing you more harm than good. You know, it may be the result of hangovers or embarrassment about something you said or did. Mm -hmm. um, you're gaining weight. For me, my blood pressure was going up. I was gaining weight. It just, I was miserable. And, and then you go, well, I've got to stop this. And, and then you try and stop and you realize it's difficult and I can't do it. So you you start negotiating and you go only after five, only with other people, only on the weekends, only on special occasions, only on holidays, yeah. <laughs> only for romance. It's like all these negotiations in your head. And unfortunately, yeah. many times, even though you've negotiated with yourself, you you can't you can't keep your word. Yeah, and, and yeah. so your self-confidence starts to decline and for me and I think many people there's there's a label like I don't like to use the labels alcoholic and I was really resistant to that and I know um, you know many people don't have a problem with that label but for me my emotional well-being was not well <laughs> i you know i when we talk about the secret suffering you're just you're just having this internal conversation with yourself like why can't i control this gosh you're such a loser you know <laughs> and it's just a spiral down um, and, and like I said, you don't want to go with any, anyone because there's maybe a label associated with it. 
And once you have that label, you can never unlabel yourself. Um, so a lot, and the thing is, I was a leader in the church and you're not supposed to have this kind of problem as a leader in the church. You're yeah. just not. And <laughs> so you have to try and manage that yourself because if you're a good little Christian girl and you know, you know all the rules, then why yeah. are you having a problem? <laughs> Yeah, so that that creates a lot of turmoil um, for, you know, in us. And I, and I, you know, I was an enrollment coach for another company, and I, I just know this is typical because a lot of people came in and shared with me how they hadn't really talked to anybody about it or they're a Christian and it made them feel terrible or you know what I mean? And I just wanna talk about it because when people feel like they're not alone, yeah. it's a little less shameful. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Okay, so what is the um, relationship between trauma and alcohol? You get that? Between what and alcohol? Um, trauma, trauma and alcohol. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, my journey was a long one. And um, I think the problems really started showing up when I, I had a really bad marriage. Bad, bad. <laughs> bad, bad, bad. And I was trying to balance... Um, being a professional woman with being a traditional wife and mother and um and i was i would say i i had some ptsd from that marriage just the psychological aspect abuse of, of that the things that were said to me um and when i started drinking because i couldn't cope with my life I needed to check out, I needed to manage my stress. I think that's when the problems really come into play. And based on, you know, my knowledge of people that are just trying to deal with trauma, but they don't have other mechanisms to, to understand how to deal with their personal trauma, how to deal with their stress, how to deal with their lives, how to communicate better. They just turn to alcohol because at least they don't have to think about it. But the problem is you wake up and your problem's still there and you haven't dealt with it very well. And then you're creating a new problem, yeah. which, is, which is what I, and, and like I said, we don't realize that we're doing that. We are just self-medicating. Yeah. And, um, and it's a very, it's a, it's, it has a spiral effect, like what came first, the chicken or the egg, you know, because the drinking, the alcohol yeah. initially has a little happy effect, but that that goes away after the first one or two drinks. And then it starts depressing, you know, nervous system and all these other things in your body. So now it has a depressive effect. It's stopping certain neural pathways from firing. Yeah. So if you were if you were anxious and depressed before, it's exasperating the situation. And then you don't know if your depression and anxiety are the problem or you're drinking. So they're very, very tied in with one another. 
so glad that I'm learning. Seriously, I'm learning. <laughs> I said I'm learning, so I'm so glad I'm learning. Are you great? Yeah, I yeah. love it. I love it. I want people to learn. That's yeah. right. So yeah, we good. have so many, so many preconceived yeah. notions about people that drink, and I see them as suffering souls. I mean, I know their behavior can be horrendous, but understand, you know, and a lot of us, like a lot of people listening, if they don't have an alcohol problem, they may know somebody who does. And it's, it's easy to judge or just go, oh my gosh. Um, but I think that we need compassion for understanding that they are having these conversations in their head, whether they admit them or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but making sure the person understands, I would say, you know, I, I have these conversations a lot with married okay. people in my coaching. Okay. I, somebody, they'll have a couple and both drink. Well, one decides to quit drinking and changes their life. Okay. And then they start looking at their spouse in disgusting manner. And I'm like, wait, yeah. whoa, 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 stop. Remember you were there? Like, remember yeah. how bad you felt? Yeah, yeah. And I said, you know, I say, what would it have motivated you to quit if you're disgusted with somebody? It's because if somebody looked at me like that and I, you know, my ex would just, even though he was a heavy drinker too, but ugh, you know, roll his eyes yeah. and you already feel like a loser, right? So if somebody you love is thinking you're a loser. It's just like, well, why bother? And it's more about, that's why the book is called The Plans He Has For Me. It's more about empowering somebody and helping them see a vision without it you know like i love you so much this is really you know affecting your health it's affecting yeah. our relationship i'd love to be closer like somebody who hears that is far more motivated yeah to do something rather than oh, you just yeah do you know what you did last night you know what i mean it has to be a a love endeavor that's my opinion that's so good Okay, so um, how do we process shame and guilt? How do we process shame and guilt? You get that? No, I'm sorry. I, I think I might have, yeah, I'm going to take this out for a second and see if I can hear it better. Go ahead. Okay, I said, how do we process shame and guilt? Oh, yeah. Ooh, you got that? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um. So the shame and guilt yeah. is is big um, mm. in this but what I like to teach is awareness because shame and guilt again we're, we're talking about what motivates us mm. and um, shame and guilt just put us in this beating ourselves up mm. and mm. so mm. what I yeah so what I like to help people with is awareness Awareness of your surroundings, awareness of why you reach for it, uh, awareness of the lie. There's something called 
cognitive dissonance as it is relates to alcohol and it's believing two very competing things about the same subject matter so with alcohol when we're having it we go it it creates romanticism i have fun with it it helps mm. me reduce stress it helps mm -hmm. me check out so we we think all these positive things at the mm. same time this is horrible for me it's starting to affect my life i need mm. to give it up i'm gonna die if i don't you see yeah, this yeah. two competing thoughts about the same exact thing mm. so what i like to do is like let's not talk about shame like and mm -hmm. what you did let's just look at the facts hmm. here's what happens when i choose alcohol here's how life is getting better without it and that's yeah. why it's a 12 week devotional let's just challenge ourselves hmm. to do this and see what comes up because i want to understand the truth about alcohol yeah and if you're not beating yourself up and you're just looking for truth hmm. like oh yeah when i did that this is what happened. It didn't happened? Cook, it didn't reduce my stress. It didn't make me more connected to people. It did, you know. Mm, mm, mm. So um, getting rid of the guilt and shame helps the person develop some confidence about their choices. Mm. Mm, mm. That's so true. Okay, so why um, 12 weeks? You get that? Why 12 weeks? Yeah, why 12 weeks? Yeah. Um, because most everything out there, a lot of, you know, the 12 step and um, recovery and m most things, although the tide is turning where there's a lot of alcohol-free programs that will challenge you for a shorter amount of time, okay. many 30 days, but... There, you're not okay. creating new neural pathways in 30 days. You're just strong fisting it hmm. and um, waiting for day 31 or in Lent. Many people give it up for Lent and you're just waiting for day 41. So 12 weeks is just enough time to really work through some things. Like okay. the first two weeks to four is your your body's detoxing, it's normalizing. Mm. But then um, you've got your next four weeks where you're like, well, wait a minute, now what do I do with my time? <laughs> and you have to add things yeah. in. You just took something out that you thought was fun. Mm. So the challenge is to add something in that might be more fun, that might, might bring more joy mm. and kind of document that. And then you just keep keep it up. You're feeling the power of the Holy Spirit. You're feeling great. You're documenting, documenting. Like, wait, I sleep better. I'm happier. Mm. So forever is daunting. And most mm. of the programs out there say forever. Mm. When I quit, I went into a secular program. Okay. And, um, and I thought that was... Um, that was all I could do. I couldn't even fathom quitting forever, but it was only after I had experienced such massive transformation that I said, wow, I want to keep this going. Hmm. And um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's why the 12 weeks, it's just a great okay. challenge 
and it's long enough to see all of the positive benefits of putting it to the side. Okay, all right. I understand it now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, how long will they deal with this privately before they choose to get help? You get that? Yeah, that's kind of the unfortunate part, and I'm not going to say that I'm any different, although that's kind of one of the reasons I'm out here talking about it, to make to allow people and give them uh, a space mm. to you know share it or try something different because people will secretly suffer and, and negotiate yeah. and try yeah. this and buy a book and try that over and over again mm. uh scientifically i've seen scientific studies that say it's four and a half to five years mm. that's a long time to be playing with Yeah, you know, yeah, the, a long time. Yeah, the same stories in your head, but eventually something happens. You go, oh, that's it, that's it. But I am trying to go. Look, you're going to play with these thoughts in your head hmm. for a long time, and it is the rare person that can quit without any communication like if you have your spouse or a significant other that's going to do it with you and you're you know it's possible but a lot of times we just need to get into a group kind of setting yeah. and share that yeah and these are high performing people that mm. you know we have this impression that uh you know this is a certain class of people mm. and You know, and where I'm coaching, they're executives, they're fully functioning. I was a leader in the church, fully functioning, mm. but with a very serious problem. problem. Mm. Mm. Okay. So how is forgiveness an important part of this journey? Yeah, well, that ties into the trauma question, because a lot of times we drink because of something horrendous that was done mm. to us. That's true. And we go and we want to forget it. We want to get rid of it. And um, war, where we cannot deal with maybe something that we've done, mm. and we are unable to forgive ourselves for. And that's why I think God plays such an important part, and it ties into the name of the book, the plans He has for me. Okay. In order for God. To carry out his plan yeah we need to understand true forgiveness which means mm. wiping the slate clean god remembers it no more mm. and when we can't forgive ourselves or yeah. we can't forgive somebody else yeah we're living in the past mm. and we're unable to really be unencumbered about the future. And so the journal really tries to, you know, help people process and see what's possible. possible. If we can just trust God that that is truly forgiven. Yeah. And, yeah. and he wants us unencumbered by that. Hmm. Um, those memories and those, you know, need professional help to deal with that you know i think that's an important part of the journey but knowing yeah. that god has forgiven you um yeah. and that you can, 
anything is possible. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If you stop living in the past, it's just, yeah, it's, it's yeah. fun. <laughs> it's a fun journey once you can process that. Seriously yeah. speaking. You see, I'm so, so glad to have you on because I know there might be some people out there or who's probably going to listen to this um, interview and it's passing through this alcoholism stuff with all of the explanation all that you've been saying i tell you it is able to transform their lives to be sincere seriously speaking yeah yeah so yeah so okay okay so um what are the foundational principles for changing your relationship with alcohol yeah I'm, i'm just in the process of developing a book and You know, the first foundational principle that I like to um, share with people is understanding the consequence of a crooked path, right? It's just really documenting mm. what, understanding what alcohol has cost you. And for mm. me, it just stole everything from who I was and yeah. how productive I was and how it stole everything. But just documenting that and understanding it and looking at it, not shaming yourself for it, looking at it for what it is. Then you turn it on its head, right? Foundational principle number two okay. is um, knowing there's a plan for you, right? That God has a better plan. And that is the opposite of foundational principle number one. <laughs> like what happens if I feel better what happens if i can lose weight what happens if my blood pressure just decreases what happens if i have more energy what happens if i stop thinking about this you know it's like dreaming about what's possible and knowing that god has a better plan for you and then um foundational principle number three is putting on the full armor of god because this world is filled with you know temptations you know We're, we're always after this pleasure and these rewards and, you know, um, one of the first, um, one of the first things that the Bible discusses when putting on the, the full armor of God is that belt of truth, right? And that's this walk, understanding the truth and the lie that you've come to believe about alcohol. Um, the fourth One is renewing your mind. And I love this because, you know, this I, it, it's written in Romans. Romans was written in about 60 AD. And um, it really speaks to the science of the brain that they know today. And that's um, neuroplasticity, that we can change our neurological patterns if we practice things. But that just came into being in the 1960s. So, you know, it's like 1900 years earlier, God knew that we could renew our brain, our minds. But science thought that once we had this habit, addiction, whatever, uh, you know, you were stuck with it. So it's renewing your, your mind. And then the fifth foundational principle is, um, you know, understanding the, or, receiving the prizes of winning the race, like understanding all the amazing benefits of not yeah. drinking and uncovering all those. So um, those are 
Those are the five foundational principles that I found. Thank you. Yeah, they, you're you're nodding as if you. Yeah, wait, that makes sense, doesn't it? It do make sense, seriously. I'm telling you, because they are going to be very very helpful. That was why I asked. Thank you, thank you for that information. So, what about your story would you like to share with us? You know, just that everybody's story is different. Um, but I know one thing that when we all get to a place where it, you know, this thing is controlling us and we're not controlling it, we all have the same thought patterns. We all, um, you know, I was in a really dark place after my separation and divorce. And I had read that verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. And I kind of was scoffing at it. And like, yeah, sure, God, like here I am. I, and I think I was uh, diagnosed with major depressive disorder, going through a divorce that I prayed for, you know, I prayed to God for the marriage to work, I prayed for his salvation. What plan could you possibly have, right? I just used to pray to God to take me away. I was kind of done. And, you know, here I am, happy, wrote a book, seeing the other side, wanting to live, you know, um, in obedience to his word. And I want everybody to know that it's for, I'm not special. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm that he didn't promise me something different than he promised everybody else. And there are steps and patterns and things that we need to pay attention to, which is why, you know, I have the daily devotional because they're, they're verses that I kind of knew, but I wasn't laser focused on to solve this problem. And so the devotional is actually a way to go, okay, like day one is practice these things. I think it's in First Timothy, you know, so that all um, all those around you can see, you know, the changes. And I'm like, oh, what a novel concept to apply to this. I, I just need to practice not drinking, and then it will, you know, form a new neurological pathway. Um, and stuff like that. Yeah. So thank you so very much, Bruce. That is so beautiful. Sarah, would you like to give any advice to anyone who is still struggling with alcohol? Yeah. You know, what advice would you like to give? You said well, I, I, I would like to tell people that they're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> this is a worldwide problem um, estimated to be at 9% of, of people in the world. So that's one in 10 people. So. If you don't have the problem, you probably know somebody who is dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. And um, I have, if you go to my website, www.theplanshehasforme.com, you can download the Kickstart method for alcohol freedom. And it's free and it, it gives all of the, you know, best tips for staying the course in a 12 week you know, challenge. And um, yeah, I, I, yeah, if you buy the book, you can enter into a private free Facebook group where I, I'm at. 
uh, the books on Amazon. So I don't know if you guys, yeah. Maybe I access the link. Will I be able to access the link on your profile? So I also share it on the podcast. Yeah. I can give that to you. Um, oh, do you want me to access it right now for the website to do it in the comments? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think you can get in touch with me there too. Uh, there's a contact us. Okay. You kind of zoom around the website there's a lot of helpful information okay so thank you so very much Rose. that was a beautiful work thank you <laughs> thank you Aisha. Yeah, i'm so sure that wonderful the, to be here yeah, yes Amy. i'm so sure that the listeners would also benefit from all that we've been talking about because i picked mm-hmm. later from each of our discussion seriously speaking so thank you so yeah. much and maybe we can we share you some other time or what do you think? Some other maybe what? Maybe we can we share them some other time. Maybe we invite you back some other time. What do you yes. think? Yes. Absolutely. Just, I'd love to. Okay. So I would message you, right? Yeah, you can. I will be here, I promise. All right. Thank <laughs> God <you>. willing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah. that was a great one right (laughs) i know right thank you so very much for listening to that podcast it means a whole lot to us i must confess it do means a whole lot to us okay have a request to make yeah i'm gonna ask you for a favor can you drop a review and rate us on apple podcast that's gonna make us know how we are blessing you and that's gonna make us understand how else we can improve to continually impact knowledge to you and others thank you so very much for listening and god bless you Sha.